I've seen people account managed by email and all they're doing is really reaching out and saying, hey, have you got any more clients to add? That's not really building a relationship. It's not adding value. There's no value exchange. I don't see that connection going on anymore. I think that's such a shame. As an app vendor, you're targeted with selling subscriptions. There's a way to do that where you don't have high levels of churn. I just kind of get the sense that no one's really asking those questions. Your customers know they can trust you. That's why they remember you after 10, 11 years. What keeps me awake at night is thinking how an accountant's customers are going to consume those services in five, 10 years time. That's an element that I think firms have fallen into a trap of. Darren Glanville was one of the very first people out selling software as a service solutions to accountants way back in 2009. And so in many ways, he's one of the godfathers of modern SaaS selling, certainly in the accounting tech space. Now, a lot of Darren's approach is based on great relationships, building strong trust and doing that over a prolonged period of time. In fact, many of his partners from the early days still deal with him today. And if you look at many of the award winners in the zero categories or the advanced technology firms, you'll find that a lot of them will have been account managed by Darren in their early days of adopting tech and adopting cloud. In this session, we talk a lot about what, what comes from a great account manager, what to expect from a great account manager. And so it's really essential for you and for anyone dealing with account managers from software services firms or account managers themselves, so they can learn how to be better, how to deliver value, and how to keep giving the accounting tech space a good reputation to live up to. Darren, so you started selling accounting software back in 2009, right? So probably one of the first people to actually be going knocking on doors and, and doing that. Obviously you've got a, a longer history of selling software, but I'm really keen to understand what changes you've seen in that time, maybe which ones are most surprising to you. I think, you know, for us and, and you're, you were part of that journey as well. And, you know, back in the, the days of zero when um, really cloud accounting was in its infancy, um, people were still unsure what the cloud was, what it meant. We were banging the doors around this concept of the single ledger, um, what that meant. And, you know, I remember a video, you know, that we put out at zero when people were asked in, in the street, what, what is the cloud? Can you explain it? And people <laughs> were pointing up and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I think the one thing that I was so, we were so, we were so passionate about at the point in time, not just myself was that whole transformation journey that we were taking people on. This wasn't just seen as. There's, there's a kooky term for it now. It's called digitization. Yeah, but for us, it was all about, you know, sitting with those, those, those partners, those early adopters and saying, this is where you are now. Where do you want this to be? And how do we get you on that journey? Um, and a very much a, a real consultative sell. But we were selling the idea of, you know, them working in a different way that meant that they were closer to the client, they were processing faster. Um, all of the things that, that the single ledger promised, you know, working in real time data, we had wonderful things like the, the concept of bank feeds coming through that did that. And yeah, you know, you were, you were there as well. We were, we were knocking on doors, taking names, running events with three people at them, um, worrying about, you know, who else can we bring through the door? I think we, we, somewhere along the way, we've, we, we've probably lost a little bit of that transformation piece. It's, it's. You know, I think lots of firms are, they're seeing themselves, well, I'm use zero, therefore I'm a digital firm. And actually, no, there's a lot more to the digitization and the transformation journey that you, that you can go on. And I think you've, you've summed it up in many other articles and posts on LinkedIn that you've done is that's just one element. It's, it's the next bit. And I think for us, and what's always impressed me about working with accountants is, okay, we've done that bit. What next? 
how else are we going to do it? What a, how a customer, what keeps me awake at night is thinking how an accountant's customers are going to consume those services in five, 10 years time. Um, and how firms need to keep the pace of change. Technologies evolved over the last 10, 12 years now where we've seen the rise of APIs. We're getting much more um, applications integrating and talking to each other that has those benefits. So I think we, we still need to continue on that transformation piece. It's not just a one and done exercise. Mm. It's looking at other areas and how do we make, how do we bring payments into that now? And I appreciate it's, it's not for everybody. There are accountants out there that want to make a very good living just purely doing tax returns and accounts and it's fine. But there are also a lot of firms that really want to go deeper. They want to provide more services to those clients. Um, and I think, you know, for me, it's starting to approach this with a business development head um, and go out there. I think, you know, we see m and acquisitions, uh, m and activity increasing. I think we're seeing a lot more firms start to think of themselves and run themselves as businesses and not, you know, have so much of that equity part of the model. And I think, you know, I've had conversations with people who think that model's broken. Um, and so they want to run a much leaner, much more, uh, simplified structure. So I think there's a lot more to do. And, and I think advisory is a term I hate, but I think there is there's definitely more services that people can be, can be pushing to their clients and selling to their clients uh, and being more of that holistic accountant that their clients really need. So if, um, unpick that. <laughs> I don't know about five or six things to go after that. But, but as you know, we've we spoke about this many times before, change is a constant. Um, yeah. and I think firms need to embrace that, that culture of change, not for change's sake, change and, and evolution because the marketplace is changing your clients are changing the technology is changing we have to keep pace with that um and i think we have to either embrace that or, or, or come to the conclusion that actually we can't compete we're not going to compete and therefore are we better off merging or, or selling our fee base to somebody else yeah absolutely oh, the basis for but hopefully what the show can deliver is not telling firms what they should be doing but but how to do it but i think there is an underlying assumption there that that change is going to be part of that right everything has to keep evolving as you as you say and so if whatever the change is whether that's getting onto the cloud whether it's like you said making a more lean structure or or thinking about how the firm operates or what that business model looks like what do you think firms listening to this can learn from the adoption of some of the the most successful tech firms that have really taken cloud and embraced it what can they learn from them and how they've managed to change to adapt that, that they can then apply in whatever other changes they want to run in their practice? I think that's a, that's a really good question. I think there's, 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 there's probably several things and, and multiple things that they can take is, is one that, you know, what, 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 is, what is the strategy for the firm ultimately? And understanding and being very, very clear on that. And then laying out your approach that suits that. I mean, it's, it's not just good saying, okay, we, you know, for example, we, we want to do payments. How are you going to do payments to who? How are you going to fuel that? You think two or three steps ahead of that. How are you going to resource it? How do you price that? What's, how are you going to sell that service? Where's, what's the end goal and work backwards from there. And I think where I've seen firms be really successful is they may have taken a little bit longer to sit and think about the strategy and what they want from it, but they've really mapped it out. Um, and that's what we saw, I think, when those early adopters, it was, people weren't just winging it. 
we saw people who had a clear vision for where they wanted to be. They believed in that 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 journey, that transition, that transformation that we were we were showing to them and saying, "Hey, this is possible." We weren't forcing people to do that. We were just articulating, "This is this is the other side. This is what it could look like." And they would fill in the blanks themselves. They would then look at the resource. And you, you and I know, you know, some of them started off as, "Hey, I'm just going to put my first five clients on this and and build from that." In a lot of cases. They didn't even charge the clients for the software. They just made the decision and said, look, you know, we believe this is going to improve your, your business. And they put them on, they absorbed that cost. And I think somewhere along the line, we lost that. And it then became, well, I've got, got to recoup, I've got to charge this to the client. It's, you, it's, it's about doing the right thing for the client. And sometimes that does mean you, you know, firms absorbing that as a cost and then providing that service to the client and showing the benefit. And I think if the client believes they're getting value, then the fee will naturally go up. But I think we're trying too hard at the moment to sell apps and individual apps and, and rather than wrapping services around this. And I think that's, that's, that's an element that I think firms have, have fallen into a trap of is, is almost app advisory. You know, we, we'll, we'll talk to you about the apps and we'll, we'll sell you the, the, the subscription to the app, but we're not wrapping a service around this and i think that's that's the bit whereas what we were doing was more holistic and it, it felt deeper it felt much more engaged with the client um and i think firms who are really successful did that and they've adopted it and you can probably name them on here that that ran with that and then started to think actually we can build a service of apps and implementation and support around that to our clients but what we're not going to do is just go into this licensing kind of um, game with people. I think the difference is they made it their own, right? So those first five clients that you've mentioned, that's a pilot to say, well, can we work in this way? Can we deliver value yes. to clients in this way? Is there a, is there an opportunity to move the firm forwards that way yeah. rather than it's five clients and five licenses and we'll, yeah. you know, we'll just test it to see if it works. It's, it's the broader thing. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's a risk then that all of this is now being driven to the, the vendors and the app of the beat of the apps drums? rather than firms taking the lead and going, right, this is how we want to be. This is how we want to serve clients. And then everything else falls in line behind that. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one because as an app vendor, you are, you're targeted with selling subscriptions. You know, you, you want to do that. I think there's a way to do that. One is where you don't have high levels of churn. You don't want people to start that service, not use it, not engage with the platform, and then ultimately cancel as a customer. That's, that's bad for business. The key to this, and we've seen this when we were at zero, was getting into a steady stream of, of organically adding clients. The more you can do that and you, you, you're consistent with that, the better it is and the better it's embedded. And I think that's what you know, we try to do at Fathom is really make sure that you know, people are doing that. It's not a sales pitch for us, but we also want to make sure that people are paying the right price and they're not paying for something they're not using. And I, but I do think that that does have an impact. Um, I think the other thing is, as well as this comes back to, I think, a broader issue within account management. And I think that's adding value. You know, account managers are typically, you know, I've seen people account managed by email and all they're doing is really reaching out and saying, hey, have you got any more clients to add? That's not really building a relationship. It's not adding value. There's no value exchange. You know, where's the conversation of, hey, I was having this conversation with ex-partner last week. This is what they were telling to me. Have you thought about that? How have you found things? What are some of the things that you're working? How can we share some of those key learnings with other people and, and really push that sense of cooperation and collaboration? 
um, without competition, of course. And obviously, we're not going to share something that's, um, you know, commercially sensitive. But there are things that the community that we have as customers are happy to share. And these, you know, you can go to any event, and those principals are on stage talking about what they've done anyway, and people are randomly making notes. And I think that's what I also loved about what we were doing was we would actively share those insights and connect people. I don't see that connection going on anymore. It's very, it feels to me very insular. And I suppose the biggest evidence of that that I see is I remember going to trade shows, accounts at Xericon, others, you know, as account managers, we would literally say, hey, have you seen this, this app over here? This is really exciting. I think that could really help you. And we would walk people over to the stand, make an intro. Hi, this is so-and-so. I think it'd be really good for you guys to connect. I don't see that anymore. Mm. I don't see that introduction of saying, you know, we're aware of what the ecosystem is doing. I think this can add value to that. And I think that's such a shame that we're not fostering that, that sense of value exchange or community anymore. Do you think that comes as a, a consequence of maybe some of the bigger app providers feeling a bit more pressure to keep growing and maybe acquiring other solutions and therefore it becomes a little bit more inwardly focused rather than focusing on the, the broader ecosystem? Um, I think I think obviously there's always pressure to do that because, you know, when you when you when you are part of that acquisition, you, you obviously you know, you've got a different name above the uh, above the door. But um, at the end of the day we have a common customer. And for us, to me, it's always been about putting the customer first um, and saying, look, you know, that's how you build trust. That's how you build advocacy because your customers know they can trust you. That's why they remember you after 10, 11 years, because they always know that, hey, you're, you're not doing this because it's lining your own pockets. Yeah. You're doing this because it's adding value to what I do and I, therefore I trust you. And as a counterpoint to that, um, the, the reciprocity is I'm going to recommend you to other people that I know that, hey, Lee's a good guy. Darren's a good guy. They're the ones that you should be talking to because they will, um, you know, give you something back in return. And they're not just here to sell you a license. A lot of what you described there really starts to build out the components of effective selling, right? It's, it's relationships, which you're a massive, I know you're a massive proponent of. It's yes. generating and sharing value. Um, yeah. and really I think the best account managers earn the right to be top of mind and earn the right that someone will take their call when they, when they ring them. Um, Absolutely. You know, you know that I'm, I'm, I'm such an advocate for that. And I think that's why we have relationships that now that do span 10, 12 years. Mm. And beyond that, I mean, I'm still speaking to people that I was serving when I was at CCH and, and before that stage. And even dare I say it back to 2000, when I was working at solution six, there are still people that come back up to me and say, you were my account manager then. And we still have, we have that relationship with, and yeah. it is built on trust. And I think I'd, I'd love to see more of vendors, account managers today do more of that is, mm. is really take the time to understand what the pain problems are, um, what's going on within that practice and are able to, to share and communicate with other people. I'm so, I may sound a bit nostalgic when I say that, but I, 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 it's, I'm still very passionate about that. No, I, I totally agree. It's still nice that if, if I'm at shows or whatever, people will come up to me and I was their first zero account manager yeah. and you will have that, you know, yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's nice. And you know that you did the right thing by them and you're not, you've not got to think, Christ, what did I sell them? And, you know, do I need to make a beat that, you know, a hasty <clears> retreat, <throat> you know, you know that you don't have to do that because you did the right thing and you tried to add value. 
Absolutely. It's, it's the first stage of that network effect for me, is, you know, is, is building that out and building that community and that black book, if you want to, if you want to call it that, but, um, yeah, definitely something that's built on trust. Um, and then you, they just know that you've got their best interest at heart. Absolutely. So if there are account managers watching that are eager to deliver more value to their accounting firms or earn that place at the table and, and, and be involved in more conversations aside from you got Yorks, you know, once a quarter, they want to develop that relationship. What are two or three things that they could start doing this afternoon or as soon as they've watched this that can start them on that path? Really listen to, to your customer, understand what's going on in, in their world, not at a superficial level. I'm, I'm talking mm. about a deeper level. Um, and you, you've referred to it and I've referred to it previously as, you know, peel the layer of the onion back. Why is that important? What's going on? What's the implication of that not happening? What, where would you like to go? Those, those, those solid open questions that you can really understand that. Listen intently. Um, don't form an opinion that, that there's too much now that people just want to quickly blurt out an answer and say, yeah, I can help you um, without fully understanding why and, and the implications of that. So just spend some time, you know, speak to your customers, tell them that you were thinking about them. I was thinking, you know, I used to do this all the time, you know, I'd ring people on a Monday and say, I was thinking about you on Friday because mm. um, I was having this conversation and you came to mind, is this something that you, you're seeing, you're feeling, you're hearing? What is it for you? And, and, and really absorb yourself and become that domain. Um, and I thought, I've, I just don't see enough of that going on. Um, I could be wrong, but, I, you know, when I, when I speak to people, I just kind of get the sense that no one's really asking those questions. Um, I think that's, for me, would be the, the, the key race. Think about your partner's problems. Think about what they're doing and, you know, introduce them to, to other people. Just ask the question, if, if that's a problem for you, would you mind if I made an introduction for you? Mm. More often than not, people are more than happy to have that initial conversation and it's, it's a warm referral. Do a yeah. LinkedIn, do, do a LinkedIn share, you know, do an introduction over LinkedIn just introducing five people to an out vendor who you think that you could add value to. If we all did that, we'd have a, how many leads would we all have? But then don't, don't see that as a lead in terms of selling. just make contact, reach out, yeah. have a conversation, go and buy a copy. Seek first to understand and then to be Absolutely. understood. Have it six or something out of the seven habits. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's old. It maybe may seem old sales techniques, but they work. Well, there's a reason, right? Like technology, times, they all change, but people and psychology are still the same, right? They want to feel heard. They want to feel understood. Absolutely. really want to feel sold to. They, but they, you know, they want to feel that there's someone in their corner help. And it, it doesn't change the buyer journey. We know that the buyer journey is changing and that most people will make their mind up online and then they'll come and find more information. But if there's just someone at the end of a phone that they can pick the phone up to or drop an email to and say, hey, I'm just thinking about you. I don't think there's any reason why account managers can't be curating those insights and using that to build their personal brand and become a resource online for people to come to. Like, I might not need your particular app at the moment, but I'll, I'll follow you because I want to understand absolutely. what's going on in the wider space. And then if I ever need you, who's going to be top of the list? Right? Front of mind, absolutely. But flipping that around then, if I'm a cloud champion in a firm and I want to get more out of my account manager, I'm kind of a, like, getting sick of being asked if I've got any orgs every quarter. What can I do to try and influence um, more positive interactions, more positive relationships with my account manager at the, uh, the you know, the, the apps that I'm working with. 
again, I think it, it, this is this isn't one way traffic for me. This is this is bi-directional. And I think if you are a cloud a champion, you're a, a cloud manager. Um, look at working within practice and have an account manager. Um, again, reach out to them. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What's what's going on? What are the top three issues that you're hearing from others? Really dig into that knowledge and what they understand. What resources do you have? How can you help me really articulate this? Um, whether that, you know, we used to do it all the time. You know, we used to, I lost track how many times we used to run events with partners. Mm. You know, if you invite your customers, we'll come along and, and talk to them. We're, that's the kind of stuff that you really want your partners to be able to do is to come and talk to your clients about it because they're not, accountants aren't necessarily salespeople. And this is where I was going at the beginning is I think there needs to be more um, emphasis on, on business development. Not that I'm expecting, you know, accountants to become fully fledged salespeople because we're not, but I think firms have to invest time in training around, you know, open questions, how to ask good open questions that get to the bottom of that thing. Um, at the end of the day, it's a conversation. And I think we, we still really need that, but there are tons of resources that people probably aren't aware that we can provide, whether that's one page fact sheets, whether it's a one pager, whether it's, you know, marketing materials, whether it's actually supported events you want to run. There's lots of different vendors out there offering different things and just tapping into that can be a wealth of resource. But, you know, we're having conversations day in, day out with so many firms. What are people hearing? What are the insights that we're, we're learning? Um, how can we address those challenges? What are other people doing in terms of pricing, et cetera? And there's so much information that we can share you know, confidentially um, without sort of naming names and, and, and anonymizing that. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's invaluable. A lot of this advice is good for account managers that are trying to sell into the accounting space, but it's also really good for cloud champions, accountants themselves that want to go out and sell more to clients. Or, you know, I don't think selling even has to be exchange of products and services, does it? It can just be ideas. And how do I sell the idea that we're going to go this way with the practice? How do I sell that to my staff internally? So taking that time to understand and get other people's motivations first is, is kind of key. And you mentioned questioning there. But what are the two or three fundamental sales um, tactics would you, would you advocate for people to look into and start to develop their skills around? I think one of the, one of the, the key fundamentals for... Uh, anyone selling is is to recognize when there's not an opportunity uh, or you need to qualify out of an opportunity. We, we can all spend too much time wasting, chasing something that actually isn't there. And I think more so for us in, in the SaaS space is looking at the scale that someone can offer. Um, and I think this comes back to tying into, you know, price plans and all you can eat and thinking that people are going to scale beyond a certain point when actually is, it's, it's not going to happen. I think you've got to understand how they plan to deploy it to their customers, what help and support you can give them. And all of that has to line up. And I think if any one of those things is out, then you, you can probably fall foul very quickly. So I think, first of all, is, is understanding what is an opportunity. Does that fit with your requirements? Does the product fit? And how can you help that customer scale and, and grow? Um, I think that's one of the key fundamentals understanding, you know, is there an opportunity there and qualifying out if necessary. And then I think there's a virtuous circle there because you spend less time chasing loads of leads. We can spend more yeah. time on the right people and start to develop yeah. some of the, yeah. the routines that you mentioned a bit ago, like sharing knowledge, bringing, bringing your network to bear and, and kind of connecting the right people. 
Yeah. Amazing. Really good advice, mate. Thank you. Um, last question before we finish up then is uh, what is a question that you think people should be asking more of that you're surprised that they're not? I don't think it's a question per se. Um, I think it's just firms doing a little bit more of due diligence on the vendors. Um, but also speaking to existing customers, I, I, I don't see a lot of that happening before. We've, we've seen it before in enterprise sales. Um, but I think, you know, us having some, the ability to say, okay, this, some people may not be comfortable sharing a roadmap publicly, but yes, you know, we do have a roadmap. Um, I think it's sometimes difficult to get a financial position on certain companies, but try and do your due diligence on, on people. Hopefully they've been around more than a couple of years. So there's a bit of longevity there. I think beyond that, speak to existing customers. You know, every vendor should have a bank of five to 10, if not more, um, I'm using that as a minimum number of good quality reference sites that can say, yes, we've been customers for X number of years. This is the service we've got. Um, it's always difficult when you start looking at financials and, and, and roadmaps, but I think due diligence, you know, look at people, why are people choosing to work with those vendors? Um, what benefits are they getting from that in an honest way um, and have those conversations? Um, but sadly, you know, we, we have seen a few vendors go, go, go to the wall. Uh, over recent years, and that's that's sad because I think you know some of them have been um, quite technologically advanced and bringing doing some good ideas as well. But for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. But I think again, it just puts more pressure on vendors to be transparent about their pricing, about their their backstory, and it equally puts pressure on the, the customer to do a little bit more due diligence. And it's not all you know, dig beneath the shiny stuff on the surface. That's that's my advice. Absolutely. Very good advice. Very good advice. Um, Dan, we're running up to the end of the end of the time now, which has gone incredibly quick. How um, quickly did that go? As incredibly fast. Um, if people want to find you, follow you, contact you, where is the best place to do that? Um, best place to contact me is on LinkedIn. Um, if people want to reach out to me, they can um, certainly catch up with me uh, on LinkedIn. It's flashing up on the screen there. Um, linkedin.com forward slash uh, in slash Daz Glanville or just drop me an email to darren.glanville at fathomhq.com um, but always happy to, to have a chat Perfect. thanks so much mate really enjoyed chatting to you and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon look forward to it